Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. So the pandemic has given rise to a Zoom boom in plastic surgery across the world, to use Shruti's words. Uh, despite there being like a huge rise in these surgeries, there's still a discomfort with people going under the knife. So today we thought that we'd kind of get together and dissect um, what a plastic surgery really is and where does our discomfort from them really stem from. This is Shishti, your host. And to start off with, uh, Shruti, do you want to introduce like the peg, like where this idea came from and also introduce yourself? Right. Hi, I'm I'm Shruti and I am the latest to join the team here at the Swaddle and uh, I'm super, super excited to be f- jumping on the respectfully disagree bandwagon and I think it's really interesting to be talking about plastic surgery uh, at this point in time because from the perspective of what really constitutes behind the decisions that people take to uh, change things about themselves like how much of it is is really to do with uh, being out there in the world uh, versus the way you perceive yourself in your own eyes hey it's Carla can I just come right out I don't know if this is like I'm contrarian right out the gate but I have zero problems with people getting cosmetic plastic surgery like you do you it's fine no issues whatsoever The problem, it seems to be, is a very long history of perception about plastic surgery uh, not being the right thing to do if you actually like yourself, which I find to be very counterintuitive. I'm like, if I like myself or if I want to like myself a certain way, I should be able to do whatever I want to do with my body, right? So I, I do completely agree on that front. But look, I mean, I sort of get the criticism because... If you think about what you're just saying, one of the reasons that people are gravitating towards changing their physiognomies is because they're looking at them all day long on these Zoom screens and they're seeing that they actually look in real life different than they imagine themselves, right? And we all are like deluded in our own ways about like how we look or how we appear, who we are, how people perceive us. I think it's super interesting. And actually, I've been living for a few days in a house with no mirrors, And I've actually noticed that I am different in a house with no mirrors. I have not thought for five days about how I look in an article of clothing because I can't check. I have no idea. And I've just, and so I think when people critique plastic surgery, what they're, what I guess what they're condemning is society, not the individuals, but society's overall pressure that it puts on the individual to even worry about this on a regular basis. Yeah, that's, actually pretty much I think that sits at the basis of why people a large percentage of the motivation behind why people even try to get plastic surgery so I feel like we're all huge fans of like personal autonomy and people you know making their own choices and leaving things like this up to the individual but then I remember there was this woman in the states in the 90s Jocelyn Wildenstein I don't know if you ever I'm sure you've seen pictures of her face so you wouldn't know her name She was like a socialite and the wife of this very famous art dealer. And she famously loved cats. And I don't mean like house pet cats. I mean like big cats, you know, like leopards and jaguars. And so she slowly started having more and more facial plastic surgery to look more and more like a cat. And and when you see a photo of her, it's a bit 
I mean, it is jarring. It's quite disturbing to see what she did to her face. And so does our, does our sort of natural inclination to protect people's individual right to autonomous decision-making, does, does it extend to something like that where you actually suspect that it might border on some sort of a, you know, unhealthy or, or dangerous obsession with changing one's appearance? I, I don't know if I'd use like the individual to like have a discussion about it. And I think that's the issue which comes up a lot with discussions around plastic surgery. While it is about individual choice, I think the critique is always more cultural, right? So are we living in a culture? Or are we becoming a culture which increasingly encourages more cosmetic surgeries or plastic surgeries? And I think that's where I have a problem with. So even as an individual, you're never making choices in isolation, but it has a lot to do with the social and cultural kind of environment that you're surrounded by right so I do think that that is something which we need to like think about and kind of yeah just think through in terms of that it has been like what has like it's a common critique now almost like the Kardashian vacation of like the beauty business and um, especially in the US it's become you know really common to take like lip fillers even when you're like in your early teens and there have been a lot of conversations in fact a reporter who we were speaking to in the at the Indian Express who you know, has been working on the education beat for a long time, also said that like a lot of people, a lot of young girls are uncomfortable with the way that they look because filters, like nobody's going to put up a photo on social media without like a filter changing your jawline and your lips and your eyes and everything about you. Forget even, forget even frankly the filters. How about the fact that like, I mean, I, when I cross 35, I started realizing and having more and more conversations with women in my life, realizing that everybody was getting Botoxed, but not talking about it, right? So what makes it, what makes it particularly pernicious is this combination, this intersection that not only do people feel like this is available and there's pressure to look a certain way, but there's also a certain amount of societal stigma on it. So they're quiet about it. And so what that combination does is it actually further pushes the beauty norms in the direction that you're saying, Shristi, because then it, if no one's talking about what they're doing, it looks like they just naturally are that way, right? Like they make faces and this doesn't have, you know, there's no lines anywhere, right? And so it looks like, oh, everybody's supposed to look this way. And there's no acknowledgement of the fact that like it's engineered and it's not real and that's not how they really look without, you know, without the injections. Um, and that's particularly dangerous, especially for young women. In fact, I remember uh, that there was a social media influencer. I mean, I don't know if you would call her an influencer. She doesn't call herself that. Aishwarya, her handle is Adarwarya. She did some Botox treatments and she documented the entire um, process on her Instagram live and she talked about it. And what was interesting to me was the sheer number of questions that came her way about how much did it cost you? What does it really do for you? And since all the Q&As are anonymous, right? Like no one's really going to know who's asked them. But she did tell me that, uh, and she did post this publicly too, that 70% to 80% of the people who are asking about Botox were young girls and women. Um, and... I don't I don't really know if influencers outside of this one person that I know of actually talks about Botox. And after she spoke about it, uh, I for one even understood 
what it really does outside of misconceptions and misinformation that we hear about Botox. So like it'll make your face plumper, it'll do this to you, it'll change your cheek structure, but none of that. It's literally just helping your skin, um, uh, you know, rejuvenate on the inside. It's like just adding more cells to your face in a lot of ways and freezing it in place. So basic information that we obviously have at the tips of our fingers, we still don't know. So can we even imagine the amount of misinformation that is around for more invasive procedures? No, I I think that's a really interesting point, Shruti. And I think to like disagree with myself from early on, like I think that there's also this whole point about like the perception of a plastic or a cosmetic surgery. And I was just thinking about it the other day that we're a culture where if you can afford it, like braces for your teeth is almost seen as being like something which parents make their children get. Very often it's not functional. More often than not, it's cosmetic. And that's seen as being completely okay and not a cosmetic procedure. It's a part of your life and your teens. But somehow plastic surgery has like this whole, you know, uh, kind of like social taboo around it. And like people will like call you out for it and they will, you know, we've seen so many instances of like, be it Anushka Sharma, Shruti Hassan, Komal Pandey, you know, even in India, you get so much hate if it appears or Shilpa Shetty, who's getting hate for something entirely different now, but like so many instances where people will be like, oh my God, you got something done and so you know, you're somehow going against every kind of expectation that there is of of an Indian woman celebrity. In fact, Deepika Padukone's movie where she talked about the acid attack victim, uh, Lakshmi, her name, uh, she also underwent like layers and layers of plastic surgery. So I'm not saying that you it needs to be a virtue of a trauma for someone to go under the knife to remold themselves. But there is some merit in acknowledging the origin of where the idea of remolding oneself through surgical procedures even came from. Yeah, 100%. I do think, though, that in the popular perception, we don't even associate that with plastics, though I think, and that's like one of my moms, my mom who's plastic surgeon, like one of her biggest, like a big grouse that she has is that that's not even the popular perception, right? Even though a lot of the work is like reconstructive or if you've undergone cancer treatment, it's reconstructing or it's a lot of cleft lip and palate work, but people don't even consider, they dismiss plastics because they think that, you know, it's cosmetic. That's the main kind of association that people have with it. But I think that when you talk about what's wrong with plastic surgery or within this conversation itself, I guess we are talking about elective procedures, right? Because that's also the popular perception of like, when you actually have a choice in a sense to like get a plastic surgery or not, because in a lot of the other cases, it's, um, it's indicated and, and any person would kind of go in for that if they're able to and they can afford it. But I mean, look, I, this is where I get really stuck on like, where do we draw this line of like, where can you judge people for, or where can you judge society for sort of enforcing a beauty norm that encourages people to choose elective surgeries? And I think breast reconstruction is a really interesting example, right? So somebody who has breast cancer and has to get a mastectomy, certainly they could choose, and many people do, choose to have a mastectomy and never reconstruct their breasts. And that's a perfectly reasonable choice, right? But I also believe it's a perfectly reasonable choice to go to undergo reconstructive surgery to reconstruct one's breasts. And I, and you know, I mean, obviously like insurance pays for that. It's considered something that is part and parcel of 
having a mastectomy. So as a society, we have so we are so invested in this idea that women should have breasts that everybody says like, of course you need to do this after this surgery, right? But then where's the line of like, what if, what if you think that you don't have enough breasts? Why do we look down on that surgery, right? Yeah, and also the idea that someone needs to go through something life-changing or traumatic for them to gain access to a procedure like this no more than gain access to like deserve a procedure like this like I don't understand whether I I don't I don't really agree with that at all like so if I don't have a traumatic surgery or something that changes my face I can't have a breast lift or you know, something done to my face. I don't quite agree. In fact, I wanted to get a breast reduction myself because I was tired. I was tired of having double D breasts and I was tired of being ogled at. I was tired of that being the first thing that someone looks at, uh, whether in dating or even regular conversation. So for me, it was also an aspect of safety in a lot of ways to consider that. Like, I don't want to go travel everywhere and get molested. I mean, I know that's not the solution. I know. I know socially but it's frustrating and I had to consider options and I was like I'm so done with this like I love my body but like can this just not be an object that gets stared at and lecht at and touched right so I mean this it's again like so uh, breast reductions interesting example right plenty of people have a have medically necessary breast reductions because of back pain right or because of shoulder pain or posture or whatever so who is to decide whether your reason, I don't want to get ogled out, I want to move about the world without calling attention to myself in this way, is justified or not, versus somebody else who has like some serious back pain due to it. I mean, I have a very hard time figuring out who gets to decide, right? And so if nobody gets to decide, then I think as a society, I, I think perhaps the, the inclusivity and open-mindedness of that position trumps uh, the concerns that you have, Shristi, in my mind. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Like, yeah, I, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm going to move sides and agree and disagree with myself here because I'm just putting all opinions out there. But I personally think that a lot of the judgment comes around like our discomfort with like, with the whole like beauty is natural. It's not some, like you, you almost always have to like hide the fact that whatever you're doing, right? Like be it makeup. I like women who don't do makeup and I like that there are all of these comments which are thrown around, right? Or I'm just like, I woke up like this. Oh my God, Giselle Bunchen. She's like the biggest, she's like the worst with this. Those women who naturally breastfeed for a year and like it's not difficult at all because it's all natural. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> exactly. So I think, I mean, I prefer this world more to that, to be honest. Like, like where we're more honest about like, um, you know, wanting to get, cosmetic surgeries for whatever reason right but I also don't think that's as extreme honestly I think just like someone likes to use their body as a canvas to get tattoos maybe you use your body as a canvas to play around with how you look and my question really lies is why are you so annoyed at how someone uses their body so What's really at the heart of it? Like Carla talked about, she talked about where do we draw the line with judgment? But I think more than judgment, I feel like what is, where do we 
why why what are we passing judgment off as we are passing judgment off as critical analysis or critical lens sure beauty norms we can look at it that way but when you judge someone for doing a certain thing a certain way that harms no one at all then maybe it's not uh, a critical lens that you're actually using maybe the the lens to point at is inward and ask yourself what is it within you that bothers you so much uh, are, are you uh, that you're so angry at someone else for doing something else about their own body and their own self yeah i think that's really interesting and i feel like the hatred here clearly comes from the idea that i like yeah i i i I think there's a lot to do with like your place in society being determined by how you look, right? And we obviously uphold certain ideas based on like race and class and this and ethnicity and cosmetic surgeries to a huge extent kind of upturn that a little bit, right? Like they turn that on its head and they like, okay, sorry, very weird thing. But the Kardashian sisters, if you go back like several hundred years and you have all of these stories from like, you know, Jane Austen about like... Uh, pride and prejudice right and four sisters were like divided on the basis of like how they look and like Jane and Elizabeth like have a different dy- dynamic because this one is the more beautiful sister this one is it with the Kardashians yes you have Kim but now every one of them looks completely different from how they, they did before and all of them can achieve that like beauty ideal in a way right like which I don't know I think there's something really exciting and interesting like you said about that and let's leave aside the cultural impact of it but I think just to think about it the fact that you can do that and that your place is now not especially if you're a woman where looks matters so much right Shifty to that point I think about this a lot with Botox and 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 fillers and all that stuff people do which is non-surgical you're not going under the knife you're just going under that needle um the amazing thing about those procedures is that they are able to replicate all of the sort of class class markers of wellness, right? So those people who do decades of like yoga practice and drinking wheatgrass shots and sleeping nine hours a night and all of that, those people have a certain like freshness about them, right? Well, now you can live hard and party hard and live whatever life, like unhealthy lifestyle. And at a certain point, you can almost like reverse the visual effects of that aging by doing these simple procedures and suddenly you look just as good and refreshed and well slept and well hydrated as the person who spent 20 years working on themselves right i think that's also super interesting yeah i think uh, you know that you know that saying that people say that uh, money is the greatest makeup you could wear because confidence just shows on your face all the time <laughs> so i'm like maybe that <laughs> maybe that's where this is coming in like it can be very frustrating for people as the part of the class markers when I feel like sometimes people might just feel hey you know what I was here working hard and now you got like a facelift and then now Jason likes you so you're a cheater (laughs) so you know people just feel cheated on their way the unfortunate truth is that both both paths cost money so I don't know. It's not it's not like the Botox and fillers is super accessible, you know, but but it is faster. But, you know, I think what's interesting is also that, I mean, because we were talking about this like idea of the well, like what you can achieve with the Botox needle, which you would have with this like lifestyle for 10 years or whatever. I think it's also important to talk about the fact that within plastic surgery itself, it's not a monolith. Right. And within how we judge women, particularly who get plastic surgeries. Right. Like there's a huge difference between 
Rakhi Sawant and um, you know a Neelam Kothari, right? Oh, totally. Think about how how much we look down, for example, on people who overdo the lip fillers, right? It's like there's certain types of plastic surgery looks which are seen as very trashy, right? And like low brow and low class, right? And then there's other types of plastic surgery that are seen as more like high end. I totally agree with you, Shishti. So there's this weird um, hierarchy that exists there as well, which is like super unhealthy and disturbing. And also like a question that I would want to ask is what Shishi you already, I think, plugged in earlier in the conversation is just particularly since plastic surgery is so deeply associated to women and less to men, like SRK and Amitabh Bachchan have also gone through plastic surgery, but you'd still talk about Priyanka Chopra, you'd still talk about Chilpa Shetty and stuff. The, the, it's so difficult, the obstacles that women face to like make it quote-unquote, is already just just phenomenally uh, larger than the ones that men face. So then why would you call it cheating? I'm just, I, I call it leveling the playground. So, or the playing field. So I'm like, I don't know why you would call that cheating in the first place. Like, cool, you, you're gonna be sexist towards me, not give me opportunities. I'm gonna make sure I look pretty more than you can afford to. So I also think this contemporary critique that this is some sort of, you know, uh, today's culture and the pressures of, you know, the way that people need to look today and that society is somehow like advancing in this unstoppable way, like towards this terrible conclusion. It's also completely ignoring the fact that procedures to alter one's appearance have existed for millennia. Like people have been altering their appearance to look better according to whatever the fashion of the day is in extremely like physically unhealthy ways literally since the beginning of like recorded human history so also let's not act like it's something totally new yeah because uh, victorian era women wearing corsets like their spleens would burst and, like, was very breaking, natural yeah, breaking <laughs> yeah. their ribs and then you know chinese foot binding i mean let's not yeah like, the lists are um it's yeah. just that now i think people are just angry that we get to do this without being in pain i'm like suck it so <laughs> <laughs> It's weird. It's like, if you're going to use beauty standards as a noose around my neck, I'm going to paint that noose. That's what I'm going to do. So, I don't know. I love that line. But, you know, okay, but like, clearly, I think all of us have this whole like, unpacking where this criticism comes from. But on the other side, there is also the fact like we discussed earlier, right, like a cultural push towards plastic surgery, which is like, you need to look a certain way. It's easy to get a lip filler. It's like, which, you know, like you pointed out, Shruti, there is like a, you know, just a basic capitalistic need to make money, which pushes you in the direction of plastic surgery, right? So where do you kind of balance it out between like countering this kind of, well, very often sexist uh, criticism of plastic surgery versus actually critiquing like harmful beauty standards? I don't think I want to criticize plastic surgery. I think I want to criticize beauty norms that um make it difficult for people to be who they are and that create environments of conflict with self-esteem i don't want to criticize the field of plastic surgery because like you said you know like your mom's pet peeve is that's not the issue it's doing a crucial job um i'm saying that beyond the idea of playfully changing things about your body if people are being forced to 
you, you know, do elective procedures that make them look a certain way, I would want to criticize what pushes them to that, that uh, boundary. I wouldn't want to criticize plastic surgery. So, yeah, I think Shruti, you pretty much summed it up. Like, let's criticize the beauty norms that push people towards plastic surgery, but not plastic surgery itself. And as far as perceptions of plastic surgery is concerned, I think we could all draw a cue or two from Rakhi Savant. Sorry, I had to bring this up. Uh, in her quote from that Coffee with Karan episode where she says, Jo Bhagwan nahi deta, ho doctor deta hai. To translate what God can't give you, the doctor can. So, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> see you all next time. I, if yeah. anyone's listening to this and wants to pay me for breast reduction, like, I have, I'll show you my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> As the token older person in the room on this team always, I feel everybody who judges plastic surgery when they're in their 20s and 30s, just you wait, you're gonna hit an age where you start considering that Botox. Just you wait. (laughs) 